When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome to the Joan Hamburg Show. And I'm going to introduce you today to Jessica Vosk, who is a very good, known actress who's going to do a wonderful concert at Carnegie Hall performing Get Happy, a Judy Garland centennial celebration, and that's on December 12th. And Garland, who I read would have been 100 this year, made her Carnegie Hall debut after nearly four decades in her career. And when you look into Carnegie Hall history, this is a major, major part of it. And Jessica's going to do something quite fabulous, in fact, very soon at Carnegie. But Jessica Vosk has an interesting path because she went to school, always could sing and do fabulous things, but did something that made a parent's heart beat fast. She decided that she was going to study finance and investments and Lots of things that people like to hear because if you're a parent, you get nervous when your kid says, I'm going to be an actor, an actress, I'm going to sing, I'm going to dance. You'd much rather hear them say, I'm going to watch people invest, tell them how to do it, I'm going to have a different career. And I'm sure Jessica, having watched their daughter grow up with a lot of talent, performing all the classics and everything great, that when you told them you were going to go into the financial business, they were very happy. Oh, yes. I think, I think like you said, any parent who hears that there's going to be a path that, that seems to be a, a successful one where you're going to be taken care of and getting that weekly paycheck and all those benefits is kind of like a, a big two thumbs up versus, versus the unknown. So oh, you're yeah. absolutely right. Right. And even though you you had major roles, you were Alphaba and Wicked on Broadway, Joseph, and I've, I've seen you in all of them, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, yeah. Fiddler, Finding Neverland, The Bridges of Madison County, a really successful career, but it's still showbiz, which isn't as solid as finance. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're you're always taking a risk. It's kind of you know, the things that I learned, you know, subsequently, I always say, if I never, if I never came to Broadway by way of finance, I wouldn't be where I am right now because it is show business. So business is something that I understand quite well from, from being in the financial sector. And, you know, you just sort of, you kind of get read the riot act in a lot of ways because you have to be on the pulse of, of the market all the time. And you sort of learn how to smartly and wisely save or invest or, you know, uh, take meetings with large clients. And I learned a ton about business that I still use in, 
in show business. But like you said, you know, it's a, there are years where you're waiting to see what's next. And then there are years that are packed chock full of work and you have to hold on to those moments and sort of use them uh, to the best of your ability. But it is really, it is really hard. No, I'm sure it's very hard. And even though you've had so much success, but it's a real chance and you took it. I mean, you, you were doing very well in the money world. And yes. I'm sure that, as you said, being in that world also proved helpful for the next jump. But it was very hard I because my own kid is in, the, in this business. And I remember when he was going to do something solid like you were going to do in the money world. And I was so happy. Not that I don't love the <laughs> entertainment world, but I, it's erratic and not as safe. So I get it. and But there you were, very well in money, but you weren't happy. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things where where it started to manifest itself physically. And, you know, as, med, as many times as you can hear doctors tell you the, the those lovely two words, stress kills, you don't really believe it until you're faced with dealing with a stressful situation or you find yourself like I was in a career that I that I just wasn't passionate about. And I think I could have stuck with it and and stayed with it. But I think it would have been a world of problems for mental health and, you know, for all of these things that we don't necessarily, you know, look at first or talk about first. It would have been kind of detrimental. So, you know, the leap of faith that I took, you know, was also when I was almost 30 years old, which is kind of late in the game for Broadway. And, uh, you know, that that was a it was just it was tricky. And, you know, I hustled until I couldn't hustle anymore. I still do because it's that's you just, have uh, to. It's the nature that's, of that's the beast. The nature of the biz. Yes, absolutely right. And so you have to sort of have that gritty, uh, you know, hustler mentality in an authentic way to kind of hang on in those times where it feels, you know, kind of the, the what's next of it all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it was because you started as a kid and you really were doing all right, when you went into the money world, which you actually studied in school, you you said, I killed the creative parts of me. I left it behind, the practice, the singing, everything was gone. And then you started getting panic attacks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I think sometimes when you, and I can only speak from experience, when when I decided to not sing anymore. I didn't see any shows. I wouldn't go to any concerts. I wouldn't open up my creative brain to see the things that people were doing because I wanted to do them myself. And I think it was a subconscious way of me kind of stuffing everything as far down as possible to not have to come to grips with the fact that I wasn't doing the thing that I loved the most. And, and I think that's why physically I started to have anxiety and I started to get panic attacks and I had no idea what they were. And it was, you know, at a time when I kept thriving in the corporate world and getting mm. promoted and, you know, new assignments and traveling. And it just, all of that still meant more anxiety. So that's kind of when the, when the red flag went up, the SOS um, in my own brain, when I knew I had to do something about it. So I'm just curious, the money business, which you were doing incredibly well, how long 
did you stay in that, or how long was it before you left and went into your passion? Um, I I actually went into my that job uh, in a finance firm in Midtown Manhattan. I started that job before I even graduated college. So uh, I remember having to take off work on a Friday to go walk in my graduation ceremony out mm-hmm. in New Jersey um, <laughs> to go do that and then head back to the office. Oh. And uh, I was at that job for about three years. Um, and then we had that great market crash of 08. Uh, The real estate market took a tumble and all the big banks closed. And uh, I took that as my opportunity to uh, cleverly get laid off uh, Uh so I could collect some unemployment and try and and, do your what you you loved, do what I loved. And and uh, the firm was very kind to me. And I subsequently still did some, you know, offsite work for them because I I'm, I'm a big believer in not burning any bridges and, right. you know, still to this day, I've, I've kept in touch with those colleagues and they were a huge part of, of, you know, why I think I felt safe enough to, to do leave and do what it is that I love. But, but, you know, but with a lot of trepidation and, and a lot of, you know, crossing of fingers and saying, Oh God, I hope I didn't make the wrong decision. Right. And working so hard to get hooked up because you weren't doing that. And it took a couple of years or more after the money world, right. To, to make a Broadway debut, but you actually did in the bridges of Madison County. And that had to be even harder than getting a money job, a financial job. Oh, it's, it's, it is probably the hardest thing. I always say, people say to me now, what's the thing that you wish that, you know, people knew about your story the most? And I always say, I wish that they could have seen every morning at 6 a.m. waking up, not having an agent, going down to the right. equity building, and going to an audition, hoping that you'll get seen. Nine times out of 10, you don't get seen. Mm-hmm. And then there's that one time, you know, where somebody happens to remember you or they give you a phone call and, and it's, you know, it's luck. It's showing up. But it is also luck and everything, everything has to line up properly. And it was, I, I couldn't believe that it happened. You know, once that one door opens, it's your job to run through it to the best of your ability. And, you know, and that's what I did. But you didn't give up either, which is, you know, the, I've even have friends, families who are actors, and I've heard them at different stages say, well, I'm going to give this blank years and then I'm going. I'm not going to do it anymore or, you know, hang out and not get picked. So you chose a lot of complicated things, but you kept <laughs> on going. Yeah, I sure did. I, um, I, I kind of thought to myself, you know, if I, if I knew what it was like to sit in a completely different career and be able to do something, even though it wasn't my passion and I did it well, I should at least give myself the opportunity to fall flat on my face and and not give up for as long as possible, you know, to see if I can can do the thing that I've always wanted to do. Um, and, you know, I'm a big risk taker. I'm a big, you know, take a chance on yourself. And it might not work out the way that you thought it would, but you will never regret taking a chance on yourself. And you didn't. And on December 12th, <laughs> Jessica Vasquez is going to come to Carnegie Hall. She had actually been there in the past and perform Get Happy, a Judy Garland centennial separation. So tell me where Judy Garland came from in your um, head. Well, you know, I, I like you said, I I made my Carnegie Hall solo debut last year and it was 
it was kind of beyond my wildest dreams and we sold out Stern Hall and, and it was, it was this phenomenal moment. And then I was very lucky to be approached by uh, a group called fifth season um, who work with uh, a group called blacking productions. And they're very, very well-known team for bringing uh, video clips to life with live orchestra. And they had not worked with a live performer uh, before in this capacity. And they said, you know, Judy Garland's centennial year is coming up and we would love to put a production together of, you know, from Judy's estate, these video clips of the Judy Garland show, but to have you honor and, and pay tribute to Judy by singing her songbook. So they picked you out. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, it was a really fantastic call to get, to be honest with you, because, um, you know, when you grow up, most people know Judy Garland from The Wizard of Oz, and most people have this uh, this view of, of Judy in that, you know, ruby red slippers, you know, that right. was, that's, that's how she has been remembered. But she, she led a really amazing, colorful, complex life. And, you know, we lost her far Young. too soon. And, and, you know, her Carnegie Hall live show happened at age 39. I turned 39 this year. So it's no, you know, these, these, these happenstances, you know, I always think there's a reason for them. So it's, it's kind of an amazing thing to, to be able to grace the stage and pay tribute to this woman whose work I think remains just as alive now as it did when she was still with us. Right. And, and then very few people lit the path for Garland. She did it herself. And that is a lonely experience. You know, I, I think, I think especially for women in, in this great business of show, uh, there have been a lot of strides made due in part to people like Judy Garland. Um, you know, she's one of these women who had her own show in a time where, where women like her didn't have their own show and people didn't take chances or risks. And she, she did. And she, she was this enigma you know, to people watching her on screen and having, you know, people, other guests of hers come on or Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin or Tony Bennett, you know, as these, as these, you know, little walk-on parts, but she was the boss. And it was, it was a really beautiful thing to see. I've learned so much in watching uh, her life unfold. I mean, she started at the age of three, which to me is, mm. is just unheard a, a, of. In, it's unheard of. And, and what she went through in this business, probably a lot of her experience was, you know, gone through alone. And I'm sure it was very lonely. And to, to pay tribute to a woman like her, who is responsible for why it is that I'm able to walk through the doors I am walking through right now. And to be able to, um, you know, to, to try and take my career by the reins, uh, you know, like a boss lady, like she was, is Mm. something that I don't take for granted. And, And I know, you know, I've I've now seen through her body of work and rehearsing this piece, the things that she must have gone through um, right, to get to where she got. J- Judy Garland had a lot of dark sides, but yes. it still didn't stop her. And you found something in spite of the demons that kept yeah. her going. Yeah, and I think... You know, a lot of times I think it's hard to to express how 
how difficult someone's life could be without without trying to seem you know like you're like you're poo-pooing the life of someone but in in reality i think i think the dark moments are also just as important as the brightest moments and i think uh you know, I know that I have been through a lot in my life to get me to where I am today. And I think a lot of people uh, relate to Judy Garland because of those dark moments. And it's 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 watching someone be able to do the things that she did, even though, you know, I wish that she were still with us to this day because she uh, had so much more to sing and say. But I think people I think she remains this this light and this iconic being for people because she, she led a life that was not cookie cutter. And I think most of us don't lead cookie cutter lives and it's nice to be able to relate to that somehow. Right. And a lot of people go through dark sides and can survive them to go on to the next. And uh, her children have that spirit. Liza, you know, forges ahead Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a, you know, it's, it's nice to know that you're not alone despite going through some really, really tough moments, you know, that, that there is, there is life on the other side. If you can, you know, if you can hold on. Right. You have to be able to hold on and you'll be able to see this Carnegie Hall, get happy, a Judy Garland centennial celebration. It's with Jessica Vosk, of course. On Monday, December twelfth. So, are you all ready to uh, to go, or you're still in the heavy duty rehearsal? Period? Oh, we are in heavy duty. Yeah, we. I, I, in fact, after this call, I go into rehearsal for most of the night, and, um, you know. But the the great thing is that we're really tailoring this show to the fact that it is Carnegie Hall, and it's it is this hallowed ground where where Judy was, you know, where she was, and where she really made people kind of light up and feel like they were in her living room. And I think that's, that is something to be savored. And I think it was a triumph for her. And I want, you know, I want to be able to pay tribute to her in a really beautiful way where, um, where it is, it's, it's like coming home to Carnegie Hall. So right. I'm, I'm so excited. Well, we're excited for you. And when you think that Judy Garland, because as you pointed out, she was three when she started. So by the time she got to Carnegie Hall, she had been working for almost 40 years. Hard to believe. Incredible. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible testament to somebody's tenacity in, in a business that, that can chew you up and spit you out at any moment. Um, it's really incredible. What, what, a, what a fierce woman. Well, and Jessica is right at home up there on the Carnegie stage. And Jessica Vosk, who has traveled all over with her um, show and her solo show, this is definitely something that you're going to want to see. And what's better than Carnegie Hall? It always makes me feel, I know, it's so many things have changed in this city. And especially, right, right. in the entertainment world, when I was coming of age, you would go to all these different clubs and and even the hotels had things. It was music everywhere Mm. and acts. And then we went through a lot of changes. So when we can have events like this, it's something very special. And it's a celebration of one of the greats 
and she deserves that celebration. So good for you. Oh, you're absolutely right. Thank you so much. Thank you, honey, for joining us. And I look forward to talking to you again, Jessica Voss. Make sure Monday, December 12th at 8 o'clock, you want to get your tickets. Carnegie Hall, get happy. And it's the Judy Garland Centennial Celebration. Take care of yourself. We'll talk again. So much. Bye-bye. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC.